At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up on episode 286 of Wheel Bearings, we do some driving on ice and snow with Infinity vehicles on Bridgestone winter tires. Nicole drives the Jeep Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian. Sam gets the Nissan Pathfinder Platinum. Tesla has to recall some of its FSD software. Uh, Ford has problems with lightning batteries. They've, there's a fix for the Hyundai and Kia uh, theft problems. And where should the charging ports go? All that and more coming up next. This is episode 286 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abul Salmon from Guidehouse Insights. And I am Nicole Wakelin, and this week I'll be from Forbes. And I am Roberto Baldwin. I'm going to say I'm from the Wall Street Journal's buy side. Ooh, fancy. Ooh. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a day late on my article, but I'm there. <laughs> don't, they don't need to know that. Don't tell people that. Some people you're Wait, is that what is what is buy side? Is that a, a special? It's like site it's like wire like... cutter. It's oh, like wire okay. cutter. I'm doing uh, I'm doing e-bikes for them. Oh, excellent! So, Do you, yeah, wait, you so ride I, e-bikes? I like you're I have e-bike a, guy. I have an e-bike article going up on USA Today's Review.com at some point, Ooh. and then I have this other one going up. And it's re- it's actually I really like the e-bikes because you can kind of just do these short little trips around your house. And you know, I'm I'm, I'm sort of out of shape because maybe of, you could get uh, an e-bike and ride that up to Napa and back. Yeah, I probably just, well, just <laughs> put that in the back of the Hummer. There's one of them that I could. Hotel, you can ride that home and then ride it ride back it the next morning. When I, I was supposed to pick up a Rivian once from a from one of the deal from one of the like little showrooms that they have, and they're like, "Oh, it's here. Can you make it there?" And I was thinking to myself, "I'm like, oh, I have an e-bike. I'll take an e-bike to Bart. I'll take Bart down to I think it was in South City, and then I'll get off, and then I'll just ride the e-bike and I'll throw the e-bike in the back of the Rivian, and then I'll drive it home." And they're like, "Oh no, 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 no. We'll just bring it to you." I'm like, "No, it's, I'm like, it's perfect. It's like because <laughs> I need to put some miles on the bike anyway." Yeah, you have to put. Yeah, it, it's it. It's yeah, you're putting like oh, I put 50 miles on the bike, which is doesn't seem like a lot when you drive cars all the time. But, but it's a lot when yeah. you're on a little bike. <laughs> like, but it's an e-bike, you know. It, it can go bing, bing. farther than bing, that bing, bing, on electricity. So yeah, it's about 30. Most uh, typically they're about 30 miles, 25, 30 miles yeah. for the e-bikes. We live in a very hilly area, and I'm heavier than I think 
well, I don't know if I'm heavier than most people, but well, you're tall. I am tall, so I'm you're just tall. like it's all I, that height, those yeah, large, I'm, broad shoulders. Yeah, it, it's, it's long those, bones and everything. Long, yeah. Yeah, long, look how long this look how long this arm is. <laughs> just one arm. Imagine if uh, you added both in there. That's a lot yeah. of ass. God, that's a lot of arm. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, there's the other one. <laughs> anyway, e-bikes are great. You should if you. Um, Especially I, I did cruising around. And, I did yeah. finally get a chance to try and try a couple of e-bikes one in November when I was at the um, Electrify Expo in Austin. How'd that go? Uh, I, I had never driven it, ridden an e-bike before, and I tried three different ones, and it's pretty cool. Um, if they if they weren't so darned expensive, I I would consider getting. How one. much How much does an e-bike? Now that you're the expert, Robbie, how much do they About typically run? Fifteen, like a good, like you can just get a good one for like fifteen to twenty five hundred, which is you know. But when you, which which you're like, wow, that's expensive. But have you priced out bicycles recently? That's a good point. (laughs) I guess the the ones the ones that I had a chance to try were more like you know, four to six thousand dollars. Yeah. What made them What made them worth more? Why are they fancier? Like, why are they that much more? I Robbie, honestly have Sam, no idea. Sam's I'm like, not, I don't know. I don't write does. about these. <laughs> I, it's just it's accessories, the builder, um, you know, how it's being propelled. I mean, a lot of them use a hub on the back, which is less expensive, but there's like a mid-drive system where the, the power is actually coming from the cranks, you know, the things you pedal. Yes. And those are typically a little bit more expensive, but they're actually, they're a lot better because that's, you know, it's... Okay. It's, yeah. It's, it's like putting... Trying to think of the best way to it doesn't anyway. That's why they're more expensive. You can go and look up e-bikes, and I'll have an article. Okay, on, I'm gonna have to read your article. And make what about now? I'm on curious. By side and <laughs> and I don't know how long it takes. If it's like wire cutter, it'll take a few weeks before of edits um, before it goes live, which I'm totally fine with. As long as you get paid. As long as, long as, as you I get, get paid. paid. No, the, the 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 very nice folks over at By Sider, they're very nice to me. I don't know why people are nice to me, but they are. <laughs> because they, once they get to you know, know you, you know. They're afraid I'm going to get them with my long arm. I'm just going to reach out and grab them. <laughs> Hold on. All right. What, <laughs> what, what have you been driving with uh, more than two wheels? Me? Yeah. Oh, you, um, you know, I was going to talk about the, the, the EV6 GT, but I haven't done all the calculations. There's a lot of math for this article that I'm writing. So I haven't done the calculations yet because, because I went to Montana – uh, and I saw somebody there, uh, a, a fine, fine gentleman by the name of Sam. Um, but I, I drew. Wow, there's, I, a, there, there's there's somebody by the name of Sam who's a fine gentleman. I can't imagine that. <laughs> well, there's one in Montana because there's only like twelve people in Montana. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> but apparently they're all super rich. I don't understand. Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. All I can think uh, of now is I started watching um, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. And everybody in Montana is a gangster slash horse wrangler. Now, They're all and, and, and <laughs> I like to call him like Cowboy Batman because he has a Cowboy Batman voice. And now you'll yeah. never un- not hear that. Every time he talks, he's like, hey, "I gotta save the ranch. My family fought for this ranch for hundreds of years." Oh and God, damn it! It's the he same thing sound, over. He does sound like Cowboy Batman. Sounds like Cowboy Batman. <laughs> All he needs is a cape. Or at least, make that meme. You guys are savvy. Make up a vision, a thing of him, and like Cowboy Batman, and just that, put a little cape Batman. on his back. Is that Kevin little, Costner? Little pointy, yes. yeah, Kevin little Costner's. pointy ears on his hat. And the first, yeah, I, I, we watched four seasons, and by the second or third season, I'm just sort of hate watching it because it's just like just ridiculous. I, it's ridiculous, <laughs> and I love it. The, I, I, can't, I need to find season five. Yeah, that's where we, we, we got to. Like, well, we could pay for it like now. We'll I know, I can't even, like, that's, that's where I'm like, okay, I got to pay for this, but then there's the, pre, the prequels, and 
For those of you who are into cowboy stuff and Kevin Costner, watch Yellowstone. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's anyway. We're not a we're not a a Yellowstone. podcast not yet could be uh, okay go ahead so i went to, to Montana. I, well i can say i have not watched a single moment of that show so i have no idea what you're talking about okay it's fine. cowboys you're, gangsters you're okay. shooting no. people it's yeah. weird mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's like dallas for yeah it's not it's not good it's just like huh it's entertaining sort of sometimes <laughs> if not infuriating at least uh qx60 i did uh, one drove the, the infinity qx60 i think we're going to talk about it too so that's that's yeah. that's we, we could just talk about that now if you want. Yeah, let's let's do it now. Let's do it right. now. Let's so we 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 uh, you know we're sort of Blizzak stands on this. Uh, we <laughs> this absolutely podcast. are. We we uh, are. I, I believe we have mm-hmm. mentioned uh, you know specialized winter tires once or twice on the show before. Yes. We kind of like Blizzaks. We kind of like winter tires. Mm-hmm. So so uh, Sam and I were both and on separate waves. We were in uh, Montana and we got to drive the new uh, ish. Uh, Infinity QX60 on Blizzax on snow on ice like ice you just can't stand on you'll fall down because I almost fell down on it trying <laughs> to put a GoPro on, um, <laughs> and you know they they were very they gave us a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of leeway compared to some other ice uh, driving programs I've been on some of them they're like there's someone in the car with you making sure you don't smash their car into the into the snowbank. Um, some of them, they have someone on the radio like yelling at you. Uh, this one, they were like, "Okay, go." <laughs> I love they'd be like, well, "We have someone to coach you," and that coaching is slow down, slow down, slow down. It's like I feel uh, like that, I'm being yelled at. No, well, actually, you, know, that, you know what it is on on, on the wave before the like I was there the, the day before you, the day before us, there was a wave of um, how sh- uh, how shall I put this without being too condescending lifestyle uh, life, lifestyle. People uh, um, so, that, and there was apparently um, one person there who had just got a driver's license like two months earlier. Oof. What? Yeah, and had never driven on snow or ice, and um, on on the uh, on the the ice slalom that, that he talked about. Um, oh, no. Apparently, uh, on the second cone, went straight into the snowbank, and and this was on the 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 the. Um, the the first pass through where we had to follow oh, the slow cone, yeah, where, okay. where we had where we had to uh, follow the uh, f- follow the leader, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because on each of the exercises, you know, on the first pass through we followed one of their professional drivers through, uh, so they could just show us, you know, which which way we we're supposed to go, and so on that uh, on that first pass, the the lead and follow through the ice slalom, uh, that this person um, went. Into the snowbank, oh, and was quickly followed by another lifestyle person who bounced oh. off the back of their vehicle. Uh, oh my gosh! They yeah. hit each. They fit. And and then oh. and then on my wave, the 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 pro drivers that they had there, uh, the leaders were so impressed by our level of skill with driving in <laughs> snow and ice. You've all had yeah. your license for more than I don't know six more months. Than two months. Yeah. What I'm really, what I'm really confused by, because I was invited to that program as well and couldn't make it, and I was really sad because I love ice. I love winter driving. Just let me slide around on oh, the snow. It was I, a hoot. I love it. It's so much fun. But they, so when they, you know, they're picking like, okay, we're going to invite this person, that person, this person writes for this outlet, and this person writes for that outlet, and let's invite. I'm going to invite a name. Let's invite Mike, who's had a driver's license for two weeks to drive in the snow. Is that not something you vet? At a time, I feel like that should have been something. Maybe someone you might think so, but I feel like a ball was dropped, and as a result, a car was smashed. I guess do you know like how? I mean, without looking at the paperwork for cars that we've gotten, we get in. Do they know when we got our driver's license? Well, but like 
If you know when it's that, expired. You just got, here's the thing. If you just got your driver's license two weeks ago, Robbie, nobody knows you because you haven't been doing this because hey, you hey, haven't been driving. Come on, let's not exaggerate. It was two months ago. Two oh, months. sorry. If you just got your driver's license two months <laughs> ago, nobody knows you because you haven't been doing this. So you're still a new kid on the block. So you'd assume because you're the new kid on the block, you've only been driving for two months. It's not like you have a wealth of driving history and reviews behind you. You're new. Uh, You have to um, know you're new because you just appeared. You know, I I, I do. I mean, I don't I don't know specifically who was on that wave, but the the impression that I got was it's people who aren't normally um, reviewing cars. It, It was, you know, wave. yeah, you know, you know, they were talking about the the the. Place we were staying yeah. and the, the experience and what it's like to drive on snow, um, you know, coming from a very different perspective than the but one it, that we might normally offer. To be fair, the, the light, the light, there is, and I, sh- I, I feel very strongly about this, despite the fact that there were some bumper cars happening at this program. Apparently, there is something to be said for the lifestyle person who gives an interesting perspective on things. Yeah, because we're all going to say the same thing. Not everybody <laughs> wants to hear. Yeah, yeah, blizzards. Yeah, that's what we said. <laughs> you know, so and, unless and you want to know that, but I think they give a really like to the person who's like, I don't want to listen to a bunch of gearheads talk about cars. I just want to like get more fun and what was it like and that actually is really valuable so yeah. not at all what we're generally doing but still valuable in its own world i don't want it to sound like we're just like we're, ha- we're harping on the, of, the the, the yeah. influencers right there's, there's some there's some very there is a strong value to influencers i like the yeah. influencers at, they at, can be fun too. certainly you know and you know on fast women you and eileen you know a lot yeah, of I guess a lot do. of what yeah. you, I mean, you talk about Truly. the cars and your experience yep. with the cars, but you also talk about the larger experience of the trips that you're taking, the places right. you're going, you know. And so there's a lot. There's a you know, it, it's a the it, adventure. It's cool. Sometimes yeah, it's a, the, the adventure is, yeah. is is it's not just the car; it's the adventure. But I there's some lifestyle folks out there that I adore. One named Claudia. She's my favorite. Life. She has this really cool puffy red coat. I think she was on that. Hopefully she wasn't one of the people who smooshed a car. I'll have to ask her. Hopefully it wasn't Claudia. Okay. Smooshed a car. Smooshed a car. I know. that It sounds so much more delicate than what actually happened. Yeah. But, well, yeah. So I didn't smoosh any cars. Um, Good job, Robbie. Did you, did you smack any snowbanks, though? I did not smack any snowbanks. Can I got, you make that the title of this episode? Smooshed cars and smacked snowbanks. Smooshed cars. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it, it, was, it was because they allowed, you know... Uh, part of the the program was well put the car in snow mode when you put in snow mode and you can see where if you were i were driving on the road especially if i wasn't used to driving on snow how helpful that is because if as you're turning the wheel it reduces the amount of uh, of uh, acceleration you can input so that's great because sometimes you know like oh i mean you're turning and then you're putting your you know you just ah um so yeah no it's really and, helpful and, and but you're, then and you're you're not exaggerating there in fact you're you're very much understating that you just turn when, it, and all of a sudden, foot, no, no, no acceleration. Yeah, when, when when the when the stability control is turned on, and you're on snow or ice, and you've got the wheel cranked, you can put your foot all the way down the the accelerator pedal all the way down to the floor. Nothing. Nope. Mm-hmm. Not nothing. Which you is good. It's just again, you're which is a good thing, because you just slide <laughs> off into nowhere yeah. because. <laughs> Um, it, and so, no, it was, it was, and, but then, you know, they were like, oh, put it in sport mode and turn, turn off the, uh, traction control. And they're like, yeah. And then you can feel like how well those blizzacks work, especially on the ice. Uh, they slalom. were shockingly good on the ice slalom with in sport mode with the, the traction control off. I mean, it's, you're just, they're sliding everywhere, but it is so much better. It's better than than walking on there because I tried to, again, almost <laughs> fell down while trying to put a, a GoPro on the car. I'm even 
more um, sad that I missed this because I would have liked to have seen the flail that probably went along with the almost falling. Was my arms flailing? are so long. Like, oh, <laughs> like one arm. Oh Robbie's falling. Everybody one arm was in Montana, yet the other one made it all the way up to Canada. <laughs> exactly. That would have been a great to see. Um, no, it was. It was. It, it's. It's always eye opening when you when you uh, when you drive around on those blizzards and you have you know in a controlled environment where you know you're not. You're not, you know, there's no potential for you hitting other. Well, I guess you could. <laughs> you can't just scratch that, limit, strike that. Limited, limited potential to get limited into potential for to get into trouble. Um, it was great, but it's also, a, you know, a great reminder. Like, you know, even with those blizzards, even with traction control, even with ABS, even with everything. At the end of that ice slalom, where we were just driving on a sheet of ice, you slam. You're like, okay, now slam on the brakes, <laughs> and you still slid for a good five, ten feet. <laughs> And you know, to to describe what this was like, actually, it was probably it was a lot more than ten feet. Yeah, you know, the the maximum speed that uh, at least Perry uh, Perry um, Stern and I we were we were driving together. The, the maximum speed that either of us saw on the ice was about twenty three miles an hour. So you're going through this, you know, pretty good like slalom, and the the most speed you can get up to, you know, without losing it is about twenty two, twenty three miles an hour. And then you get to the end and slam on the brakes, and you slide for, you know, probably another fifty or sixty feet. You smack another two cars, is what it is. Yeah. Like, as you're as you're slamming on the brakes, and you you, and you if you've ever driven in the snow, and you know what happens when you put on the brakes, and all of a sudden you're not stopping. There's a car just like, you're just barely like, no 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 no. Yeah, you're just waiting. Oh god, oh god, oh god, oh god. Yeah, please, this please, this please. was definitely if you were if, if you've been driving on this and you slammed on the brakes, you would hit the car in front of you with enough force to have them hit the car in front of them to have that person hit the. Car in front of them that's that's so so when 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 the authorities are like hey it's really icy it's just a sheet ice don't drive maybe don't drive <laughs> yeah stay home <laughs> or stay even wherever with, you are even with some of the you know the best you know winter tires on the planet you're <laughs> unless you know unless you're driving something with studs um you know Which, that's about I, the only way you're going to get any significant traction yeah, yeah, and and most places I think are they're they're they've outlawed them or outlawing them just because they're so horrible to the road. Yeah, it depends. Like in you know in Scandinavia, um, you know especially in northern parts of Scandinavia, where the way that they handle the roads in the wintertime is they don't actually um, they they don't use any salt or sand. They plow the roads. You know, so there's a layer of packed snow on the roads for basically for the whole winter. And so you're never, almost never coming in contact directly with the in road. contact with the pavement, you know. And so there, studded tires are allowed and, in fact, encouraged. Yeah, they know what they're doing, though. Yeah, they do. They get we're all like a lot we're, of snow we're all trying. To, I was I was trying to do the flick a lot um, yeah. with the QX60, which is not is not built for that. Um, I got no. a few times. <laughs> you don't but think it's not <laughs> built for for flicking? Um, I don't know. I feel like we'd have to check. I feel like it is. I what? feel like you're. Terribly what, mistaken. What kind of speed did you get in the figure eight? Or t- what was your time in the figure eight? Oh, at the end? It was like yeah. 32? I got third. But I had a hor- it was a, a, I had a horrible, you know, the first circle, yeah. like as you're going in. I, I just, both times, it was just horrible. Just like horrible. Because I was trying to flick it, and I didn't. And so then I just understeered yeah. all the way through. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, so I, I added like three seconds to my time. With yeah, that. but I can, I can, I'm like counting on like one, two, three, like trying to like correct and then come back out. So I, I ended up getting third, and I was very disappointed. I, I also got third, but by the by the time that uh, that we were doing it at the end of the day, 
Uh, it was icy, yeah, huh? Mo- mo- yeah, mo- the, like yeah, around the inner portion of the circle was pretty polished. All of the snow had moved to the outside. So for my second timed run, I actually went wide around the outside where there was actually some snow to get a grip on, and mm-hmm. I managed to get like twenty nine point seven. Oh, see, that's what I should have done. But, but the the guy, the, uh, and I came in third. Perry did like a twenty nine three. The guy who won, who was got, it? Uh, it was uh, Kurt from Edmonds. I don't know okay. his last name. Okay. Um, and uh, he he got like twenty seven point five. He was like wow. two seconds faster than us. Wow! Did he flip? Did it, was he able to drift it, or was he just like on the outside? Uh, I think he just went wide like I did, and wow. just See, managed, to get better, wide. managed to get a better track than I did. Because if you could have got a, a nice drift around that, especially wide, it, yeah. you're looking like a 25, but nope. I think it's <laughs> funny the, how, like, two seconds doesn't sound like a lot unless you've ever done anything. Like, but it's a lot when you're driving. Like, when you're is. trying but, to, for speed, two seconds is like. Especially, I mean, this was not a particularly huge. large figure eight course. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking 30 seconds, you know, to get through this thing. And two seconds is a pretty substantial difference. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just counting, like, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. I know I'm you, just, you just feel the like, time oh. ticking away as you're as you're under steering out towards that snowbank, and it's yeah. just uh. and hitting and, the and then, and then the other thing that we had to do at the at the end of this was we we had to stop we had to hit the brakes at the right time to stop inside of this box that was basically just slightly longer than uh, than the QX60. Um, so we had to we had to. figure out where to hit the brakes so we could stop in time and if you're if you went outside of the box you got a five minute or five second penalty did you go outside of the box did you slide right through the box i did on multiple occasions but on my timed runs i did not so anytime i I have something where i have to stop inside of a box on ice i don't i either stop way before the box so like the grill is in the box because i'm so worried it'll slide (laughs) through i'm like wait that's not right or i stop on the other side of the book the the box and it's like that the exhaust pipe is in the box and the rest of me is out. I'm like, I'm like either way through. I'm like, I don't put a box at the end. Just give me a thing to stop at. I'm okay. Don't give a box. I apparently I don't like boxes. <laughs> I, I hit the box twice at the end. I think. Oh, shush. I think I, well, that's what, I mean, that's what essentially would help me get third. Cause I was like, Oh, this sucks because yeah. they've gotten so icy and snowy that the stop where you apply pre- uh, brakes before it was now like a car and a half before that. So as soon as you came out of that figure eight, as soon as you were straight, like you could maybe go maybe half a car length before you had to put the brakes on. Because everyone missed the box. People just. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, one of the, uh, the interesting things that we learned, um, you know, even when you turn off the stability control on the QX60, there's still <clears throat> um, a torque vectoring system on the front and the rear axles uh, that just uses the brakes. Um, so, you know, when it's detecting slip on one side of the, on one, one side or the other, it'll apply the brakes to the side that's slipping and send the torque to the opposite side to, to try to get some grip. And on the oval, uh, course that we were doing, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I heard, I heard this grinding sound as I was Uh-oh. going around the corners. And what that was, was actually, it was applying the brakes cause I was going rather swiftly and by the time I, I finished and I, I opened the, the car door to let Perry get in and drive, it's like, ooh, brakes, cooked brakes. Oh, yeah. Geez, you can smell I, them. I, I yeah. took the brakes on the the slalom because I was I was uh, drifting back and forth. Like, I was doing wide drill. I'm like, wee, 
doing so by doing that because I was accelerating, letting off right at the, the apex and then hitting it again so the car would slide. So the car was like, oh, I got to do the brakes. So it, you, when it, yeah, I had, some, I had some melted brakes because of yeah. that. Melted That's sort of the weird thing about the, the, those, those, those brake-based uh, vector uh, systems is that, you know, torque vectoring is that it's, yeah, you can, you can cook the brakes. There's a Ezra over at Car and Driver. He had the Raptor? Bronco, the Bronco Raptor, and he was okay. in, on the sand dunes, and you can, the brakes are essentially on fire. There's like yeah. video. Like, so you just smell it. little yeah, flames it, shooting out as he's driving along. So yeah, go over to Car and Driver, look up Bronco Raptor Ezra, and there's a, there <laughs> should be a video. Yeah, there should be a video or a photo or something, but like you can see the rear brakes are just glowing red. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Did you get a chance to try the Q50 at all? No, I was trying to do just make the focus on the new car i you know if yeah i'm capturing video and so there's you know once you when you're capturing video like all the sort of like hey you want to try this other thing like no hey do you want to eat lunch i'm like i don't have for that time for that food foods for losers (laughs) eating eating's for chumps yeah no one eats um we uh perry and i both got a chance to uh do a couple of laps of the the figure eight in the q50 uh which is the last remaining um, car from Infinity uh, now that the Q60 is gone, and um, so the 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 um, uh, the QX60 is based on a, a front wheel drive architecture. It's transverse engine. It's the same same platform as the Pathfinder Nissan Pathfinder, and uh, it will deliver up to fifty percent of the torque to the rear axle, um, but you know it's it's front biased. Uh, whereas the Q50 sedan is a rear-wheel drive platform, and it's more rear-biased. And it is one that is definitely a lot easier to do the Scandinavian flick and, and get the back end of that thing around. But you can feel it you know, when, when you're going through some of those maneuvers as it's shifting the torque, doing the torque transfer back and forth between the, the front and rear axles. Um, it, <laughs> you gotta, you got to be paying attention all the time and, and ready to respond if it does something at any point where you're not you weren't quite expecting it you can't be not ready or you're in trouble yeah, absolutely he's like Wee-oo. oh well now I'm, now I'm pointed the wrong direction again yeah. dang it all but yeah. uh no the, the, the qx60 was you know was was really nice to drive you know driving up from we stayed in big sky and we drove up to uh to west yellow or i guess south to west yellow west yellowstone airport where they had the circuit the track set up for testing because uh, the airport gets so much snow that it's closed for airport operations through the winter, uh, so they were you know they had some courses set up on the taxiway, uh, taxiways and runways there, and also had a a snowcross course you know sort of a rallycross course which was also a lot of fun to to try out in the QX60. Yeah, it had elevation changes and everything, which I'm always fun. It's always funner when you're doing those snow uh, drives when you have elevation change. I think yeah. any track's more fun when there's elevation change. When it's just straight, it's not as fun. When you like come up a hill and you're like, right. "What's on the other side?" Wah! It's kind of exciting. <laughs> I love that moment. Oh God, turn right. <laughs> Nicole's always driving around the edge of cliffs. <laughs> yeah, cliff. And, ah! and when you you know we get some decreasing radius turns with a, with a late apex, you know, trying to trying to hit those just right so you're not under steering right into the snowbank on the opposite side. Yep. Um, no, we 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 had uh, a very enjoyable time and. and Learned a lot about the benefits of uh, proper winter tires, you know, uh, and I had a chance to uh, chat with um, 
Iris Ocasio, who's a computer products or consumer product strategy manager at Bridgestone, about those. Um, and I'll I'll drop that in uh, here somewhere. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was a, it was a it was a it was a good day. So um, we're here in Montana today, driving a bunch of Infinities on snow and ice, and one of the key parts of this is that they're all equipped with Bridgestone Blizzak tires. And on Wheel Bearings Podcast, um, we often tell our listeners how important it is to use winter tires. But I want to hear from from Bridgestone, you know, what is, first of all, what is the importance of winter tires versus all-season tires or summer tires? What what How do they work differently? Yeah, so with Bridgestone, English is hard sometimes for me. <laughs> uh the differences with tires is really like what conditions you're going to be driving in. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a strong stance. Let me rephrase. We highly recommend if you're going to be driving in maybe 45 degrees or less on ice, packed snow, we highly recommend a dedicated winter tire. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if you're in a mixed climate area, you can get away with an all-weather tire, like our Bridgestone Weather Peak. Um, that has that three peak mountain snowflake. Uh, but if you are particularly like where we are in Montana, um, where you are getting a lot of snow and a lot of ice or any freezing overnight of ice, you definitely want a dedicated winter tire. And the differences here is with a summer tire, you're going to have a stiffer, uh, tread compound. So that's what's going to give you your precision handling and that's what's going to have more of that stickiness on the tread. Uh So you can, of course, grab your terrain or grab your pavement a little bit better. With an all-season tire, you kind of get the best of both worlds because it's like in the meat like in the middle of tread more, more, more of a, a jack of all trades and master of none though well it depends on what you're going for yeah so with uh like with an all-season tire like it depends because you have also like a sliding scale on those as well uh-huh. like you have something that's a little bit sportier that of course is going to perform better in like a summer type pack um or you have something that's a little bit more say this compound's a little softer, that is going to be more of your three-peak, that's still going to give you that comfortable drive that you're used to in that long tra- like that long wear life. But on the flip side, you still have that winter traction that you're used to. Mm-hmm. But when you're going into harsher winter conditions, having a softer tread, which is something that we do with the Blizzak particularly, um, and I'll get into the multi-cell here soon, um, that talks about more of the ice side of the equation. With your particularly harsh winters, you want to have that dedicated tire because it is a little softer. So as temperatures drop, especially in your different tread compounds, the tire gets stiffer. So the so, rubber itself, the tread yes. gets get, gets with a summer compound, it gets harder and it doesn't grip. At, yes, at higher slash lower temperatures, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. Um, so with winter tires, your we call it the glass point. That point uh, is lower, so it's designed to withstand lower temperatures, and it still maintains so that it stays, tread more, stays more pliable. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's perfectly phrased. Um, so it keeps that pliability, um, that way you can still have that good optimized contact patch, that way you can grip better on 
these wintry terrains. Because uh-huh. I think I think the thing people don't necessarily understand about tires is the the rubber when you're driving down the road the the, the rubber is actually deforming a little bit to around the mm-hmm. texture of the road surface, yep. whatever that texture is. And so it needs to be pliable enough to get a grip on that. That's how you get your, your traction. And winter tires are specifically formulated to maintain that in cold temperatures, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and that's something that we we stress a lot, especially, mm-hmm. like, with tire safety. It's really important to look at where you're living and, like, where you're driving just to make sure that you have the right tire for you because truly the tire is the only thing that separates your car from the ground. Right. So having a, having a tire that's right for you is incredibly important. And one thing that we've really showcased here today uh, with the Blizzak particularly is, especially on ice or that packed snow, what really gets you into trouble is that layer of water mm-hmm. that sits on top of the surface. And with multi-cell, what that does is that wicks away the water from the surface so you can optimize your rubber to ground uh traction if that mm-hmm. makes sense right um and on the flip side with the softer compound and especially the sipes that we have in both of our uh blizzak products the dmv2 and the lm which is what we're driving on today it packs in that snow because the best traction you are going to get is snow on snow traction so uh you mentioned the word sipes can you explain what that is uh, I can show you a little bit better, okay. but uh, it's all of the little cuts that you see yeah, so in the little, thread block. The little diagonal slices yep. that, the slices, that, yes. that you see, uh, particularly on winter tires. Correct. And you'll see it on, on a few other, like, Yeah, all, all seasons season. have it to some degree. But Summer tires don't. They have solid yes, blocks of rubber. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, those those types are, those slices in the tire and the tread box are what's going to give you a little bit more traction so you can, like, pack in the snow a little bit more. Okay. And um, the the multi-cell, that's something, is that something that's unique to, uh, yes, to Blizzak tires? It is. Um, and it's, uh, we're incredibly proud of... Uh, the Japan development that, you know, essentially started uh, multi-cell. And the best way I can explain it is uh, when we are going through the compounding process, so we add a chemical into the compound, and as we're curing that tire and as the temperature rises, that chemical evaporates, and it creates those pores those or those divots that are what wicks away the water. So it creates kind of a, a porous... rubber rather than a solid block of rubber. Correct. And, like, my favorite analogy for it is, you know, when you're making a cake Mm -hmm. and you have all of your, like, liquid ingredients and then you bake it in the oven and you pull it out and you cut into it and you see all of the pores, that is exactly what's happening with these tires. Okay. And so the the water gets wicked up, uh, the water from from the the ice surface, because as you drive across it or, you know, just the sun shining on it, you have a little bit of melting, a thin film that gets wicked up into those cells so that you get direct rubber on ice yeah. drip? Okay. Yeah, that is exactly right. Okay, great. Um, so what uh, what else should people be thinking about with uh, with selecting winter tires? You mentioned the three-peak symbol. Uh, can you explain for people what that is? Yeah, that is the three-peak mountain snowflake certification. So it is a, uh industry standard uh, certification that shows that you have uh, tire that is capable in like light winter conditions, mm-hmm. so more of like your packed snow type conditions really. Um, that still gives you that traction. Mm-hmm. So if you're like me in Nashville, 
where the city shuts down <laughs> when you, when there's a threat of snow or ice. Um, but you still need to be able to get out. Like that is a great like that is a great candidate for an all weather tire. Mm -hmm. um, now again, if you're here, you definitely want more of a a dedicated winner. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how we differentiate. And one thing that I want to uh, like call out specifically is when you start seeing your breath. Yeah. That's maybe when you want to start thinking about changing into your winter tires. Yeah. Uh, especially if it is consistent. Yep. Um, and if it's like six months out of a year, you like you definitely want to have something that's going to give you that traction. And also, it, it expands the, the life of the tire. Mm -hmm. So, of course, storing your winter tires as you're switching them out is incredibly important. We always recommend that you clean them off keep them away from the U from the sun to avoid any UV degradation but really having a well-maintained winter tire is going to get you through a couple of seasons or a yeah. few seasons and um even with with winter tires even when it if it's cold but you don't have any snow it's still important to use those winter tires right absolutely like if it's cold you still have that almost like mini layer of ice that mm -hmm. sits on top of the surface and having a winter tire is really important for that. Now, if you get warmer climates where it kind of melts at that point, you can kind of get away with a, right. with a three peak okay, which, or with an all weather tire. Great. And then of course your standard all seasons are going to deliver like mild winter performance. Um, and it's going to give you more of that comfortable traditional, like long tread life and the comfortable ride that you're used to. Um, but that's, uh, really just a very personal decision on, mm -hmm. on what you're driving on and, uh, of course, vehicle safety. So yeah. having a good tire is, is really going to help you out in these scenarios. Yeah, you know, as you said earlier, you know, the, the, the tire is, that is your contact with the road. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a car with 100 horsepower or 1,000 horsepower, mm -hmm. those four little patches of rubber is <laughs> all that is transmitting all that power to the road and or and and for your braking as well and Absolutely. steering. Yep. So if those if those four pieces patches of rubber, you know, about the size of your the palm of your hand aren't getting a good grip, doesn't matter what you, what else you got, you're not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Uh it's it's truly astounding um how much your ride can be improved or worsened by the tires that you select. So that's why I think it's super important that you reach out to your favorite tire professional, mm -hmm. figure out what works for you. Um, we do have quite a bit of offerings, but really figuring out what, what you're trying to do with those tires as well is really important. Yeah. All right. Well, Iris, thank you very much. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. Yeah, any day you get to do cold, driving. But, but it was but, like a Bridgestone has like a winter driving Oh, have you ever uh, done yeah. that? I in, did in that. Colorado, have you guys done that? I think it's Colorado point? Springs. Is yeah, it? it's in Colorado. So if, if you're like, you have money. It, <laughs> you wanna, but you know you're what? In Colorado. Is, and they you know they offer really a thing fun. where they they do because I was talking. And they teach about, you how like they they teach you like the things to do. They did like. Well, and they'll also slam. teach like kids like not little little kids but like if you're a new driver, <laughs> it's teenagers. two months yeah. two months in for teenagers because they will help teenagers yeah. learn the right way to do it before they learn the wrong way to do it. Yeah, that's, I'm always a. A big, uh, like when I, my wife wanted to learn how to ride a motorcycle, I was like, oh no, you're going to take class. Don't learn from me because I'm sure I've been doing things wrong for, at that point, how old was I? Like 20 something years, <laughs> like 30 <laughs> years, 25 years. I've probably been doing things wrong. So don't <coughs> learn from me. Learn from a professional who's going to tell you the right thing. Yeah. It's, uh, Steamboat Springs is the Bridgestone Winter Driving School and they've got a variety of different classes, safety classes, performance classes. Uh, they'll do group and custom classes and uh, you can... Uh, if you, I'll, I'll, I'll put the, uh, the link in the uh, show notes, it's winterdrive.com. Uh, but it's, it's definitely, um, worth considering, especially if you live somewhere, uh, where, you know, where you get these kinds of conditions, the, the basic, um, safety class is actually only $625, which is not bad at all. Like, it sounds like a lot of money, but guys, you get like, 
if you have it, it, it you learn so much from these guys because they put you in controlled ish situations and they also teach you like I how would you do this and you do it and you think like yeah I got this he's like I'm going to tell you why everything you did there you didn't do the way you should have done so they let you see how the wrong way and then they'll have you do it completely the wrong way to show you if you completely fumble a situation this is how the car handles it's very very good at teaching and it's worth the money as a safety thing it's an investment in your safety yeah, absolutely it's, it's, it's pretty great like just the steering like you know don't if you steer too hard you're sliding on like unwind your steering. You're like that seems counterintuitive. I just do it, just do it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you catch and you'll yeah. do your turn. You're like, oh wow, yeah. And they, yeah, they let you do things over and over. You're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And all of a sudden you feel it. You're like, oh, if I do oh. that, you're like, that's what you're trying to get me to learn. Got it, you know. And they'll teach yeah, you how to shuffle steer. It's it's the kind of stuff that you you won't learn. You won't really learn on your own. Um, cert- and you certainly won't be able to learn it in a safe environment on your own. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you, you you do need to to get some training to, to do this. Uh, and I know, I mean, I, I was fortunate, you know, I started my career in engineering working on ABS systems and, you know, got thrown in the deep end, you know, doing winter tests. <laughs> and I, I learned so much about driving from that experience, you know, and I, that, that is, that is one of the things I miss about, uh, about my engineering days is, you know, doing the winter testing, um, you know, because you get to, you're, exploring the uh the limits of the vehicle in that controlled environment um and you learn a lot about how the vehicle behaves and how you can control it and be a safer driver um and it makes a huge difference it's it's definitely worthwhile and even the um the top class the, the what they call the fifth gear fastest ride on ice class at the Bridgestone school is uh $3300 uh for looks like it's a, a two day class um, but you know, the, like I said, the, the entry class is first gear, um, is, uh, is $339. The second gear class is 625 bucks. So, you know, you could take, <clears throat> you could take, you know, those two over a couple of days, you know, for a thousand dollars and you'll probably for the average driver, you'll probably learn pretty much everything you need to know mm-hmm. to be safe on the road in yeah. any conditions. Yeah. And yeah, it's, 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 especially, yeah, if, especially if you don't. <laughs> Let's say you don't want to teach your kid bad habits. That's that's the other thing. Yep. Or un- all right. unlearn all your bad habits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Unlearn everything that you thought you were doing right. You're like, I've been doing this wrong my whole life. Oops. Yeah. Because if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't done something like this before, chances are you have bad habits that need to be unlearned. Like you don't think you do. Oh, you yeah. go and thinking like I'm <laughs> fine. I'm fine. I got this. And even I think us every time I drive anything like a if it's like a racetrack or whatever, there's always some little thing. He's like, see how you put your thumb like that on the steering wheel? Don't do that. I'm like. Why? He's like, move your thumb. Oh, and like they tell you these little things you don't even little, know that you're doing. Yeah. And it's like, how did that make a difference? So the, the, the more you know, the more, the more subtle and detailed the instruction they give you. They will find something you're not yeah. doing right. Yeah. <laughs> and probably the single most important thing to learn, whether you're on snow or ice or pavement, is keep your eyes where you want, looking where you want to go. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. don't, don't look off to the side. Look where you want to go. So, you know, you're looking... You know, through the through the corner you're coming up on, towards the next one, and if you look where in the direction where you want the vehicle to go, your hands will generally follow. Yeah, your body will make you 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 do that. Yeah, I can still remember like they were having us push these vehicles, and kind of there was an area where it's like you're going to push, and people are going to end up in this snow here. Like you're going to do this. Like they knew it was going to happen, and I really went in this snow, and I like (laughs) totally was like, oh god. And um, he's like, he's everyone else is going like sort of like say slightly to the left. I went a little bit more to the right. He's like, 
so where were you looking? And I'm like, to the left. He's like, I don't think so. I think you were looking over here. Look where you want to go. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I always think of the guy telling me, look where you want to go. And as I'm stuck look in the snow, wanna go. men are digging me out. <laughs> if you look at a cone, you're gonna, if you look at a cone, you're, you're going to hit a cone. cone. Yep. So, uh, so what did you think overall of the Pathfinder, Robbie? Not the Pathfinder, the QX60. Uh, QX60. <laughs> it's not. I think, you know, again, I think Nissan has, you know, recently sort of dug itself out of this hole that it's been in for a couple of years. And I talked to them a little bit about that, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> um, I think the QX. You know, we drove it up to drove it up there. I sat in the back seat on the way to, to and from the airport. Uh, drove it in the snow. Um, it's a it's a good car. I you know I applaud them for for sort of you know it's it it feels nicer than previous Infinities that I've driven. Um, it's you know they're 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 doing the right thing is what they're doing, and and you know it can be difficult, especially in the high end for you know that's their their lux the Nissan luxury brand. And it can get, it can be, you know, you can get lost as that brand. I mean, Acura sort of got lost in there for a while. And, you know, sometimes you, when you drive a Lexus, you're like, why wouldn't I just get the Toyota version of this? And so, you know, it's, it's you know, I think the QX60, um, it delivers, you know, most of everything that someone wants from a luxury brand. It's comfortable, you know, massage seats, comfortable in the front, a lot of leg room in the back, um, you know, appropriate, you know, power appropriate you know drivability um, all-wheel drive which everyone wants now and of course the snow mode so if you're out in the middle of you know montana and you're hitting snow or ice or if you're in michigan or really, really anywhere where there's snow um you know you'll you'll you know if you have blizzard's awesome but if you have all seasons you have snow mode on uh, you should be fine as long as you're not driving like a maniac slow down that's the really everything in the yeah. snow a lot of snow snow driving is like slow down and think ahead like anything you think you should have done do that way beforehand. You want you feel like you should stop, maybe you know lift off and then slowly depress the brakes like you know five times further than you normally would. Yeah, I mean one one of the first lessons I learned as an engineer working on anti lock brake systems was Newton was right. You know, uh, F, <laughs> F equals ma. Who knew? Absolutely true. You know, you reduce that acceleration, reduce that velocity, the forces become much much lower. <laughs> And, yeah, you know, mass man. Better, you have a much better chance of of surviving, <clears throat> yeah. um, If you if you just slow down, um, so yeah, uh, cool. Um, all right, Nicole. Yes. What'd you drive? I drove the 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So I had a very fancy, very expensive. Uh, luxury SUV this week. Anyone want to take bets on the pricing of the 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer? Can't even say it. Grand Wagoneer L, L Obsidian Four by Four. The pricing somewhere yeah. around one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, what's your price? Yeah, I'm just gonna make you do price. Forget this destination. I was gonna say like one ten, one twelve, but you both lose. Oh yeah, you Is both it went over. It's actually, really? yeah, it's actually the one I had as as equipped in Nicole's driveway right now. Is one hundred and seven dollar, one hundred and seven and thirty. I should have said one dollar. I don't know why I said yeah, one hundred seven thousand and thirty. Oh okay. And it's the base so, on this. So it's not quite as well equipped as the one that I drove a little while ago. Probably not. I guess not. So the that base one's closer to one fifteen. Yeah, the base on this one before you put bells and whistles. I mean, it already has them. Before you put more bells and whistles. Is um, ninety eight thousand, but this one has, and I love this appearance package. It has the Obsidian appearance package, which basically just murders out your SUV. SUV, it makes everything black, and that is fifty five hundred dollars. I would totally 
I would totally do that for all the black little bits and pieces. And it's, it's a cool appearance package. I like it. I think a black car looks cute when it's, or cool when it's like all black. Yeah. There's no color, just black. It's like, it's like Batman. It's just black. Um, it's hard so, to be in something as massive as a Grand Wagoneer Elf. But you try. Well, you know, no one's going to see. Uh, no one's going to see me. No. no one's going to see me. I'm all in just going to fade into the background. I'm the size of a tank, but no one will ever notice me. Well, it was funny. I went to get um, like I do. I went to Crumble Cookies to get cookies, and as I was waiting for them to bring my cookies to the car, the guy's like, "Did wow. you send some to Jim Morrison?" I did not send some to Jim, but I was like, wow. I'm like, this, the guy's like, this is, this car is really cool. We were looking at it out the window. That is really cool. I'm like, thank you. As he's, you know, reaching up to hand me the cookies through the window. A um, little step stool so you can little, get in. Yeah, a little step stool so you can get in. I was going to take my mom out to lunch, and I'm like, I don't think she can get in this. Even with the running boards that, like, deploy the automatic running boards, which, okay, so you guys like those that they deploy automatically? Or I don't no? like it because I'm tall. Have- yeah. I'm tall, so they sort of like get in the way for me. Would you rather have the fixed ones? They're there whether you want them or not, or the ones that go and close up? Because I, hmm. I have strong opinions on this little tiny feature. Well, my, I, I, I would say uh, it depends. You know, if like the, the Wagoneer you know, has an air spring suspension, so when you put it in park, it lowers itself down. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as critical to have it on have those deployable running boards, you know, or just running boards on something like that. Um, but I guess, you know, if you are of not quite uh, as tall as, as Robbie or, yes. or even myself, you might appreciate having that extra step up but there. But not the extra step, a deployable extra step or I, a fixed I, extra step. I'm going to say I don't like the deployable ones only because the, the reason I would have a vehicle that tall was because I was taking it off-road. Uh, or I was driving in, in I was driving somewhere where there's probably going to be salt on the road. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm driving it in very harsh conditions, and that's under the car. So it's just going to yeah. get the, it's just going to get destroyed. So, um, I do. You know what I do like? I like the little like metal bar that comes out that has a little sandpaper on it. Oh, like some cars. So sort of a rock I, rail, I think. They yeah, like a rock, rock rail, rail. Almost. Yeah, just so I like those step. better. I like I those better. I don't like the ones. I do like the rock rail one better. I don't like like it's really neat and it's this cool fancy feature and it's huge. Like it is a large step. Like it's, it's like not, this, it's like a bed. Yeah. It's like six it's, feet. You yeah. can surf like on it comes ones. out and there's like a like like a like a family there's of kids sleeping pillow. on it. Yeah, you could just like oh sorry we were napping here. Um, but what I don't like and it's this isn't a jeep thing. This is just these kind. Every t- I, if you don't timer if you open the door quickly and you step out. It gets you. That's a good point. It gets you. So you're, because if it's just there already, you're stepping over. When it comes out, it's like if your foot is too fast, it's like it's coming down as your foot is coming down. The number of times I've gotten dirt and salt and whatever all on the back of your pant leg. Like, gosh, dang it. So I have to remember to sort of like wait and step. So I I just want them to always be there. As a woman of or action, I can see how that would be very as a, annoying. As a woman of action, yes. You're not like opening the door and then waiting. You're like, I got to go. Right. I'm like, just, I'm moving. Get out of the way. I got a plane to catch. Yeah. So, you um, just got to be a little more relaxed. You know, well, take your time. No. Uh, no. Woman of action. At this point in my life, the women of action, I'm going with Robbie saying, I am a woman of action. I need the running boards to be ready the instant I step out of the car. <laughs> so, um, but I really like this. I mean, the thing is, it's huge. I mean, and this is the L, so yeah. it's a long wheelbase. So it is absolutely gigantic. I drove it um, to the airport. Um, and oh god, the people just start getting in. Well, yeah, exactly. people like here for the ride. But the thing is, so people I go standing there in the aisle with their bags, waiting, waiting to yeah, step in, waiting to step in. So uh, the Sumner Tunnel, the bane of my existence, which is this beat up tunnel that you have to take in and out of uh, Logan Airport, and it always feels like you're going to 
get like you don't have enough room to drive it in a Miata. It feels like you don't have enough room in the Jeep Grand Wagoneer Ooh. L. I swear to God, my heart rate was like up. Like oh my god, oh my god, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall, don't hit the wall. It's so close. It feels absolutely huge, and it is. It is a challenge to park because it's just so big. You're coming around. It's like it's like you know cruise ship sized. If you can get over this, if you can get past the size, like if you want a big SUV. If you can get past the fact that the challenges of just driving a big vehicle, I really like this. I think it's very smooth. That air suspension is fantastic. So you don't, it's very controlled. Like you would think this giant thing is going to like, woo, wobble around. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It's actually a really nice ride. It's super comfortable inside. I mean, it is really comfy. The, the captain's chairs in the second row, I could just sleep in those. I could just like, like if I had a kid that I had to drop off at practice, I'd be like, just knock on the window, guys, because mom's going to be asleep in the second row while you guys are playing soccer. It is such a comfortable interior. And what I really like, and this is think, something that Robbie would appreciate, you can actually just get into the third row and sit there. Like, it doesn't matter how tall you are. I had my husband get in. Oh, He's 6'3". Yeah. And it's not even like you have to squinch your knees. It's not like a narrow spot. It comes so far forward. Like, you can just turn and step right up into it. There is such a large space between the second row seats and the, the entry into the third row. And you can sit back there without, like, he's just kind of sitting. Like, he's not, like, his knees aren't squished. He's not having to, you know, feel like he's mushed. It, it, that is a spacious third row for that vehicle. If you're a tall guy, this is a good car for you if you're going to get stuck in that third row. Cool. Yeah. No, uh, and to what you were saying about, you know, the the feeling of the size, you know, like going through a tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, from the from the first time that I drove the the Wagoneer what 2021, 20, I think, is when they had the the drive program I for think that. So, that yeah. sounds right. Uh, you know, driving that thing in Manhattan mm. was nightmarish because the right. Wagoneer is 4 inches wider than a Ford Expedition or Lincoln Navigator and two and a half inches wider than the GM SUVs, the, the, the Suburban and Tahoe and mm-hmm. Yukon and, and Escalade. So it is far and away the, the widest of any of these. Right. So you really feel it, you know, when, especially in urban areas, you know, you feel that, you know, the, the lanes seem to be encroaching on you. It's like, like there's, it's like you're in some like movie and the lanes, it's just getting, you know, when a hallway stretches out in a nightmare and never ends, you feel like the lanes just getting narrower and narrower and narrower as you're driving along. Um, so, I mean, and that's like, don't buy a great big SUV if you're not ready to deal with that. Like that's an any yeah. SUV problem. Just, this particularly with this one, cause it is bigger, but any big SUV, but I mean, my gosh, it's got passenger room for miles, cargo room for miles. Um, it's got, the tech, it has three screens in the front of the car. You've got your, actually four, I guess, if you count the instrument cluster. But there's like the big infotainment screen, and there's one that actually retracts below it. You push a little button, it goes, whoop, and it retracts sort of into the dashboard. But otherwise, it has like the massaging seats and the heating and cooling and the temperature that you can control from there. But behind it, there's a little bit of storage and like your USB ports and little like nooks and crannies to put your stuff. And then there is a passenger screen that I rightly could not see this time other than that existed. I could like, you know, see the outline of it, but I can't see anything that's on it because I shouldn't be able to because I'm the driver and I shouldn't be able to be distracted by whatever's happening halfway across the car like that. Um, So you've got that screen in there. Uh, It's, you know, it's got four wheel drive. It has, I just love that they call this a three liter inline six. It's the hurricane twin turbo, Um, 510 horsepower, 500 pound feet of torque. Um, They say 14, miles per gallon city 19 miles per gallon highway 
that is not fantabulous. But if you are spending $107,030 on an SUV, I would hazard just a little guess that your fuel economy is not such a big concern for you. It's like, yeah. Like I have my own. It's still a thirsty field. beast, though. It is a thirsty beast. So there's no <laughs> denying it's a thirsty beast. But it's a thirsty beast with a hurricane under the hood that moves. Like you, you mash the gas pedal on that, and the thing really moves. It it gets out of its own way, which you for considering some, like, this thing weighs three tons. Yeah. Right. That's I mean, and you and you sort of you feel this is a large, heavy vehicle, and it feels that way. Like it feels substantial. I don't want it to sound like it feels like this ponderous thing. It just feels substantial. You're in a big SUV that's designed to be comfortable and bold and in your face, and that's exactly what it does. But it is expensive. It doesn't get great fuel economy. Um, but otherwise, it's and it has deployable running boards that I dislike. But otherwise, I love it. <laughs> so let me, one one more question for you. Yeah. You know, as far as the the design goes, relative to the standard length Wagoneer. Yeah. Um, you know, some people have said that you know because basically what they did is they they added 12 inches. To mm-hmm. make the L. Right. You know, and I think half of that is in front of the rear axle. The other half is <clears throat> behind the rear axle. You know, so the rear doors are longer. The seats are actually in the same position. So you don't actually get any more third row seat room, but that doesn't matter because there's plenty anyway. There's so much But you there. have a lot more cargo space yeah. for, you know, up to eight people. Um, but what do you think about the proportions of it now compared to the standard Wagoneer? Well, I think the standard, I mean, it, it doesn't, a foot is... It's a, it's a small amount, but it's a huge amount. I mean, that's a good, like, you know, put your hands out, you know, like to see a foot. That's a good amount of space. It, it makes it, I mean, it just looks huge. The regular Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer, you see it. It's like a big SUV. This one is like almost like an in-your-face. Like it is so much like a larger. train. It, yeah, it yeah. is really large. It's going to attract attention just for sort of a, like, who the heck needs a car this big? You know, that's that's the question you think when you see this. Does she have a family of 20? Like, how do you need this it's much a Brady vehicle? Bunch. But if you have a lot of people, you have a lot of cargo, you want to build a tow, and you want to have all this luxury, it puts it together. I think I like the look of the standard wheelbase better, but it's not, if I had to pick, because I'm spending that kind of money, I'd pick the standard wheelbase. Also, I don't need that extra cargo room. But if you need it... Yeah. By all means, go for it. But you, you, yeah. If you look at them in profile, especially there is yeah. a difference. So that's you, really the only place we're going to see a difference. No, is in profile. you look at the profile. You line them up next to each other at the dealership before you spend your hundred grand, and you look and you see. Do I really want it to look that big for the extra foot of cargo room? I don't know. Do you need that extra foot? Of cargo room? <laughs> that's a, yeah. Do you, you know, you know if much... you're picking again, if you're picking up executives from the airport, it's great. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. So that was the Jeep. Grand Wagoneer L Obsidian 4x4, which, um, yeah, I, I liked. Overall, like, two thumbs up. Like it. Two thumbs up. All right. Two thumbs up. Uh, all right. I had the 2023 Nissan Pathfinder Platinum, which is why I keep, kept getting Calling everything a Pathfinder. QX, <laughs> yeah, I mean, under the skin, it's basically the same thing as a QX60. Um, same platform. Uh, same powertrain and everything. <clears throat> but um, they... You know, where the QX60's got a little more upscale, luxurious, fancy look to it, um, and you know, much much nicer interior, uh, more up, more uh, premium looking interior. Um, the the Pathfinder, you know, especially this current generation that they launched a couple of years ago, you know, it has, you know, it's pulled pulled in a few design cues from some of the early Pathfinders of the 80s and 90s. Um, so it's a little more rugged looking, even in the the platinum trim. That I had. They also have the Rock Creek, uh, mm-hmm. which I was originally scheduled to get, um, but 
things happen, and so I ended up with a platinum instead. Ended up in um, a creek. Huh? Did it end up in a creek? Did it go in the uh, creek? No, but no, I'm no, no. It's just I, I needed to get it a day earlier, and the, it wasn't ah, available have it. yet. So they okay. so they gave me the platinum. Um, but anyway, the uh, you know the the look of it, um, you know, compared to the previous generation Pathfinder, which was kind of nondescript, blobbish, yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was it was depressing. It was kind of depressing. It was because the Pathfinder was like did this you really call it blobbish. <laughs> I did. I like, did say when the Pathfinder came to market, it was so cool looking. You're like, oh, it was like an adventure. Tr- it was like an adventure SUV. And the it original had like, Pathfinder. Yeah, and it had yeah. like if it had four doors, you couldn't tell because the other two were sort of like disappeared into the side because yeah. of the chicken tax, and which is a whole other thing. If you get bored, you can look up on Google. Um, but yeah, yeah, and then it got the opposite of that. <laughs> All right, before I go on, I gotta ask, what are you sewing? No, I'm on, the dog. Like somehow messed up the cat's toy, so I'm trying oh, to fix okay. it. <laughs> it, hey, it was like he was sewing. Like <laughs> yeah, it was like do, 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 do. <laughs> So the dogs, the dogs are in here, and he's destroying it. So if I don't fix it <laughs> now, while he's funny. staring at me, I also thought Robbie was sewing, and I was gonna ask him, like, what are you sewing? I figured <laughs> it was it was a costume for one of your bands for an upcoming yeah, gig or something, but you know, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. someone asked someone asked us to wear something sparkly for a gig, and I'm like, um, all right. <laughs> oh my gosh! So anyway, the Pathfinder, uh, you know, it's it's got a little more chunky, rugged look to it now, uh, which I think I think is good. You know, the the proportions are, are good. Um, you know, it's got kind of the blistered fender look of the early generation Pathfinders. Um, you know, if you look in the grill, you can kind of see the the three horizontal slots that were there on that first generation. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a good looking vehicle. Um, the, uh, the interior is roomy, uh, not quite as roomy as the, uh, the Telluride that I had the week before. Um, and particularly in the, um, the cargo area, the, the Telluride had more cargo space behind the third row than the Pathfinder has. Uh, but you know, if you're not using that third row, you can always drop those seats down and then, uh, you know, use that extra space, which is what I did when I dropped off my wife and her best friend at the airport last week for, for a little trip they're taking. Um, so the, this, uh, you know, it's, it's well equipped. Um, you know, it still has, you know, the, the same basic infotainment system that Nissan's had for many, many years, um, which, you know, is fine. You know, it works okay. Nothing, nothing special. It does have uh, Android auto and, and Apple CarPlay uh, wireless support. Um, the, uh, the platinum, does have you know a little more upscale interior than some of the other trim levels of the Pathfinder, not quite up to the level of of the QX60, uh, which is fine. You know, based on you know kind of where where it is in the lineup. You know, you don't want it over, really overlapping the Infinity because then otherwise, why would you buy an Infinity? Um, 284 horsepower, 259 pounds feet of torque from the three and a half liter V6, nine speed automatic, uh, intelligent all wheel drive. Um, Let's see. Uh, there's uh, a mode selector for uh, drive and terrain modes. Uh, it can tow up to 6,000 pounds, um, in, at least in theory, uh, when properly equipped. Um, it's got uh, the ProPilot Assist lane centering system, uh, which we, I think, I don't know if we really delved into that when we had uh, uh, Kelly uh, Funkhauser on the other week, uh, but that one um, ranked uh, up pretty well i think it was like number four overall in their rankings uh it's a pretty decent system i like that Um, one too i think it's good um and um 
uh, 12-inch uh, uh, instrument cluster display and a 9-inch center touchscreen. Um, all in, this one came to um, $54,785, including delivery. Uh, you want to guess on the delivery charge? $9.95. What would you say, <laughs> Robbie? I'm going to say $1. Uh, Nicole wins it. It's twelve ninety five. I knew it was going to be more, but I just wanted to say yeah. one dollar. <laughs> so you know, it's, it's interesting. In my heart, I knew it was more, but I just wanted to say one dollar. Sure, whatever you need to you say know, to make the, excuses, that's fine. In my heart, <laughs> this in one and the and the Telluride, you know, very similar vehicles, you know, in terms of you know the, the market they're going after, and they're priced within three hundred dollars of each other. Um, so, you know, it's. Yeah, you know, and a lot of these these um, more premium trim level, uh, three row upper mid size crossovers, you know, um, you know, are all getting into that mid lower to mid fifty thousand dollar price range now. So it's really you know, and they're all pretty good. Uh, so you kind of have to look at it and say which one you know which one's design you know Palisade or um, Pathfinder or Telluride or Explorer, you know, which one's design appeals to me. Because they all have, you know, or, or you know, uh, Highlander, you know, they all have pretty similar features and characteristics to them, um, and uh, so it's, just, you know, what do you like the look of, and you know, which one's actually available on a dealer's lot or or to order. Um, so, yeah, Pathfinder Platinum Four Wheel Drive, uh, it's, it's a pretty decent SUV. Um, it's rated at 22 miles per gallon combined, 20 city, 25 highway. Um, I think I averaged about 20 uh, overall. Uh, with it, uh, it was uh, kind of cold when I had it, so uh, it's not not bad at all. Thumbs up, you like it. Would drive again? Yeah, yeah, it was okay. fine. Um, all right, um, let's see. Let's delve into some of the stories of this week. The uh, F-150 Lightning um, has uh, has been getting a lot of uh, positive reviews over the past year since it came it has. out. Uh, but uh, now they've had probably their biggest issue to date. Um, they have had to do a stop sale on stop and stop delivery and shipment on the F-150 Lightning um, because um, they've got an issue with uh, battery packs. Um, and dun, dun, dun. Uh, I, 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 I spoke with someone from Ford uh, the other day. They, they weren't able to share much or really almost any detail uh, at this point, uh, but they, uh, they did uh, tell me that, the fire that occurred actually occurred in the factory uh, before it was shipped. Uh, or well, it's not clear if it was in the factory or in the lot, but somewhere you know before it le- before it left the factory and was shipped to a dealer, they had a fire, uh, a battery fire in one of these, and so they're they're investigating it. They they think they have a fix for it. Right now, they've got to stop. They've stopped production for at least two weeks, um, but. Hopefully they'll be they'll have a fix soon. They Ford wouldn't tell me if the problem was with the battery pack mm. uh, assembly or whether it was a problem with the cells, you know, which is the problem that we had with uh, with uh, previous battery fires with, from GM and Hyundai and, and BMW. Uh, those those were problems with the cell manufacturing. Um, it's not clear exactly where the issue is on this one, um, but hopefully we'll find out soon. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's one of Ford's top selling, uh, you know, well, it's one of the top selling EVs that's not a Tesla, um, you know, and there's a big backlog for them, 
so and and Ford right now is still um, making changes. They're working on. There's a lot of construction going on at the factory in Dearborn where they build these to ramp up uh, production. The production rate to 150,000 annually by uh, by this fall. Um, and so hopefully it doesn't take them too long to sort out whatever the problem was and, and find a permanent fix. Yeah. I bet they'll find something quick. This isn't exactly a vehicle that they can afford to just have sitting around chilling. You know, yeah. they need to, this one, a lot of people want this one. Got to get it moving boys. Figure it out. Yep. The fact well, that they're, they're, they're going up to 150,000 units a year is, is pretty mm-hmm. insane. Cause yeah, you know, not a lot of cars that sell 150,000 units. I mean the top 10, but then after that it falls off dramatically. Yeah. And, you know, um, Chevrolet is supposed to start delivering Silverado EVs, at least the work truck, uh, sometime this spring. Uh, and then consumer trucks uh, later in the year, um, followed by the GMC Sierra. And someday, who knows, there, there might even be a, a Cybertruck, but I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. Someday. <laughs> it's gonna, uh, I really think the Cybertruck is just going to be this little niche product. They sell, like, maybe 10000 a year. Yeah. Because they're, they're essentially going to have to be hand-built I think it's it's the whole like idea. Either you back away and say, you know what, we made a mistake, or you just stick with it, and you have to charge a, an enormous amount for them. It's, it's just, it's just, yeah, just building them is going to be, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> long suffering <Yeah>. side. <sighs> uh, well, speaking of Tesla, um, th- this week uh, they announced a recall on three hundred and sixty three thousand. Tesla vehicles with the full self-driving beta software in there. Um, and, you know, for issues like this, you know, the legally, you know, the, the terminology is still recall, um, even though you customers won't actually have to take the vehicles into a service center to be repaired. Um, they're just going to do an OTA software update. Uh, but, you know, from NHTSA's investigations, they, they found a, a number of issues that they went back to Tesla with and said, hey, you know, we, we want these things fixed. Um, and uh, let's see, that includes uh, things like uh, driving too fast, um, rolling through uh, traffic signals, uh, you know, traveling, uh, let's see, traveling or turning through certain intersections during a stale yellow traffic light. Uh, the perceived duration. Wait, what's a stale yellow traffic light? I'm what does that even mean? I'm not 100% I'm Googling sure. Googling just because I've never heard that before. Okay, continue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, let's see. The perceived duration of the vehicle's static position at certain intersections uh, with a stop sign. So, in, you know, whether it's actually coming to a full stop or how long it's staying uh, stationary before it moves again. Um, so basically, I know what, doing I know what a stops. stale yellow is. I what have is a definition. It? If you didn't enter the intersection until the light was about to or had already turned yellow, you had a stale yellow and are guilty of running a yellow light. So like, Okay. It's so like when you yeah. take a left turn, like you're supposed to be out there and waiting and waiting and yeah. waiting. It turns yellow, then you can turn still. But if you're still back behind, let's say, the crosswalk, right. and it's can, yellow and you go for it? <laughs> yes. If it's All yellow and right. you go for it, yeah. Okay. Which, which is actually, the, yeah, I knew that. I just didn't know that was what that was called. <laughs> yeah. So technically that's illegal um, mm-hmm. pretty much everywhere. Um, also what else adjusting vehicle speed while traveling through certain variable speed zones. So, you know, if the speed, the speed limit changes as you're driving down the road, um, you know, the, the car wasn't properly adjusting the, the vehicle speed to the new speed limits. Um, 
And uh, let's see, negotiating a lane change out of certain turn-only lanes to continue traveling straight. So this this one is you know a particularly potentially a particularly dangerous one. You know, so if the car was in a turn lane in a left turn lane, and then decided no, I'm going to go straight and changes lanes, you know, over to the one of the, the through lanes, um, you know, they don't want it doing that either. So Tesla is going to have to make some software updates for this. It's not clear exactly what they're going to change or even when they're going to release this updated software, but, but they did agree to, to do, this do these changes based on uh, um, what uh, NHTSA said. So we'll, we'll see when that happens, you know, if it hopefully gets any better. Frankly, I think NHTSA didn't go far enough. I think they should have just told them to stop just recall recall FSD beta entirely because it's just not safe enough. It's kind it's, of it's not something that should be in the hands of consumers yet. Autopilot is the one of all the the, the driver's assistance systems that I've driven over the years. It's the one where when something goes hinky, it really goes. It's like it's all it's, that, is, that is a technical term by the way. This technical term is hinky. Yeah. Yes. Wait, it's something. It really. It is. It is. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, it's terrible. It's a little <laughs> like everything else. You're like, all right, this is a little weird. This, all right, I've, I've had cars stop in the middle of the freeway. <laughs> it's just, oh gosh, it does like really. It's it's very extreme. There's an extreme yeah. well, that, reaction. I mean, that's what to happened. Something. That's what happened at Thanksgiving on the Bay Bridge. Um, a, a Tesla uh, in in I think I think it was in, actually in FSD mode. It pulled over to the leftmost lane <clears throat> in the tunnel going through the across Treasure Island, um, and then slammed on the brakes, and then seven other cars right behind it all slammed into it. Oh, I've geez. had that. I've had. That, I had a Model Three do the exact same thing in the exact same spot, but going the other direction. Oh. Like a wait, was it? No, it's now. It's. I'm trying to think. Is it above? Below? Below? Well, no, they're they're. Yeah, below. Are the tunnel? Are the tunnels side <laughs> by side or because the bridge they're, they're is stacked? stacked but. They're stacked well, they're on the, the, the bridge the east, is stacked on the San Eastern. Francisco side on the bay uh, on the East Bay side. It's it's separated. They're they're, okay. they're next to each other. They changed it when they had to replace the old bridge. Right. But as you come to the to the tunnels, the tunnels are stacked. Okay. Um, all right. <clears throat> so anyway, um, Tesla is going to have to uh, do an, an update on those vehicles uh, in the not too distant future. Fortunately, you know the good thing about OTA updates is like. Unlike in the past, when an automaker had to do a software update to fix a compliance problem, a legal compliance problem, they had to convince all the customers to come in and actually get the cars updated. Mm. Yeah, and that in. often took months or years. And the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration actually has some regulations about when there's a recall, a safety recall, uh, the, a certain percentage, I think it's 75% of the vehicles, have to be the the repairs or the changes have to be completed within two years and back i know back in the early 2010s um there was something that um that Stellant or fiat chrysler at the time had on ram pickups there was a recall on ram pickups and they they didn't get all of them done within that time period and then they had to pay extra fines oh, wow. with ota updates you know the manufacturer can just push out those updates and basically have everybody updated the same day. Uh, so that's that's one of the upsides, along with the convenience factor of not having to go to a dealer or you know, service. Yeah, 
Because that That's can be a pain. Because sometimes you're like, it, yeah. oh, you have to drop it off at 7 a.m. and then we'll have it done at 5. And then you call it 4.30. You're like, yeah, it's not done. Do you want yeah. your car back? I'm like, yes, I want yes, my car back. Yes, but you got to bring do. it back tomorrow. I'm like, ah, fine. That was always the way. It's never ready. When it's, oh, that's always me. Oh, you have it. We'll have it back to you first, you know, by the end of the day if you have it here the night before. We'll give you a call. It's like, no. It's, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's 4.59. Am I getting my car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. So, everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We've, we've been very positive on Hyundai and Kia vehicles and Genesis vehicles mm-hmm. here on wheel bearings over the years. Um, and they, they make some really great products. Um, you know, they're great value. They, you know, you get a lot for your money and, and they, they drive really well and they're generally pretty reliable. But uh, they're super remember. easy to drive, especially when you want to steal one. Yeah, even without a key. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, um, I, I can't remember. Have we talked about the fact that these cars we are have, getting stolen? Yeah, we yeah, have okay. talked about it, that it was a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, they, they Hyundai and Kia, for reasons, you know, probably having to do with saving a couple of bucks, um, have had decided that on their low end, their their entry level models that still have a key, a physical key instead of uh, instead of a, um, a fob, a st- you know, a push button, um, they were not going to include a chip in the key uh, to act as an immobilizer or to disable the immobilizer um, on those vehicles. And some <clears throat> enterprising car thieves found that out, and somebody decided, hey, let's do a viral TikTok video about this. <laughs> and then after that happened, um, you know, people started stealing these things in large numbers. Um, so initially, Kia said, okay, we'll give everybody a free club to put on your steering wheel. Oh, well, steering. The, yeah, Did they really? I didn't know that. Did they Kia would give you a, a club, club, but Hyundai wanted you to pay, like, money. To fix yeah, it. $170 <laughs> really? for an immobilizer kit plus, you know, whatever the installation cost was, which was oh, a few geez. hundred dollars more than that. Um, well, now this past week uh, they announced that they are going to fix the problem for free um, with a software update. They figured out a way to fix it uh, in software um, to basically enable the immobilizer – to enable an immobilizer system and also make some changes to the anti-theft alarm to keep it on longer. Uh, if somebody does manage to try and steal it. Yeah. Um, so hopefully in the not-too-distant future, uh, if you have one of these um, lower-end lower, lower end Kia or Hyundai products, uh, you'll be able to get that fix uh, free of charge at your local dealer. Because in the nice. 90s, if this was an issue, like it, like some people would find out and maybe there would be like a, a – you you know maybe there was there was a, a what yeah, an urban an urban myth that you could do this thing with Kias that would sort of and by no time one would it, really know if you by could time do it got it or not. to you by the time it got to you like it would be wrong but now you're like well we're just gonna put it on TikTok the Kia boy is gonna put it on TikTok and <laughs> right. then everyone's like oh this is easy in two I'm seconds a, it's like free cars for next everyone thing, next thing you know tens of thousands of cars are being stolen yeah I'm a 16 year old with nothing to lose <laughs> why the heck not I could use a car <laughs> yeah. um, all right. 
last topic uh, before we answer a couple of questions uh, is uh, EV charging ports. Uh, BMW blog had uh, had a post up about this, um, complaining about where you know. Well, every manufacturer puts them in different places. Uh, the Kia Niro, for example, has its charging port in the middle of the the front fascia, uh, as does the uh, Nissan Leaf. Uh, whereas the Kia EV6 and the Ionic 5 have it on the right rear corner. Uh, Tesla has theirs in the left rear corner, uh, in 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 part of the tail lamp cluster. Um, you know, some have it on the right front fender. Some have it on the left front fender. Um, where do you, where do you think that charging ports should go? I think the, it should go on the front. In the front. Because I, I, I wrote a whole article about this like a year and a half ago about how we should stop putting charging ports on the back. Because most charging stations are, are front, you know, you pull into it. And then, and now you have like, oh, hold on, let me back into this charging port. And sometimes it's in a parking lot where it has the angled yes. uh, charge. So now you have to drive the wrong way down the lane. I'm You got to back in, and it's like it's like when I when I get stuck behind when you're when you're driving through. It's always the guys in the big truck for some reason. They love backing their trucks in the spaces. So you're like you're going in. They could have just pulled in in two seconds, but now I got to wait two minutes while they back their F one fifty into the spot and now yeah. we're doing that with with evs i just did like when i did the road the pain trip in the, the butt. ev6 it was it's a pain in the butt because depending on exactly how the charging like the parking space and the little the little protective like pillars they have so you don't back into anything and the way the curb is every now and then it's like you have a curb that's very close they wedged you in the corner of a parking lot so you have no real clean so you're backing in it's like just let me pull in and plug in my car and i can back out where there's not like stuff you're trying to line up for just pull in. I think it should be on the front. On the front. Is that on the front or on the corner? Well, Not front, on the front, corner because the I'm corner fine is with the front cheap. corner, but I'm still I want it in the front. I don't I, want the, the rear front, corner. I guess the front. I, I, but I want it on the front. I would love it right smack in smack the middle. In the middle. Somehow, because then no matter which side you're pulling into, you're easy. It's easy to get. Yeah, to you don't have to some, like fight. Sometimes with you're the, manhandling that because the cables are super thick. They're very, very thick. It's not like the cable on a on a hose on a, for your gas. And if it's cold, they actually are difficult. They do get pretty stiff. They get, and yeah. then you're trying to sort of like bend it to get the connector to line up just right. <laughs> you have these like, two hands. You're like, yes. Ah. I, there was one where it was cold, and the way the connector like was like you're the way loading it, a torpedo in a it submarine. Is. It took both me and Eileen to get it to the stupid thing to plug in because it had been <laughs> the way it was hanging on the thing. The cord had sort of kinked funny, so it was sort of half frozen ish that way. So we're trying. It's like. She's literally bending the middle of the hose. I'm trying to twist the connector. I'm like, dear God, just line up. I just want it. No, Mm-mm. in the front, right in the middle, so you can get this no matter how the hose is and no matter where you are. Strong feelings. Well, except that that's great if the charger is located at the the end of the the space, like you know the way most the way most superchargers are. There's a few that aren't this way, but most of them, you know, they have them lined up along a curb, you know, and you pull up. You know, or back in, you know, right next to the charger. Um, but, you know, a lot of the charging stations, you know, some of them are like that, mm-hmm. um, where, you know, you can pull straight in and the charger is right there in front of you and you plug it in, no problem. But others, um, and there's, you know, charge point, a couple of charge point DC chargers near me here that are set up that way. But the EA station over here is set up with pairs of chargers, you know, with, with parking spaces in between them. So they're on the side of the car. Yeah, and 
you know, so it's 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 all over. And I've seen other EA stations where they are set up, you know, along the end. So they're, you know, even the ch- even the charging stations aren't consistent. Well, it's they are totally inconsistent. So one charging station's easy to pull in, another one's not. There's all this inconsistency because we're still figuring it out. So I think we should figure it out. So it's always in the front, and every charging station, like you don't pull into a gas station and go like, hmm. Wonder where the nozzle's going to be on this one. Like you always pull up to the side. Yeah, your but, gas tank is but, always. But if on you're the like side, us, driving different always, cars every week, you got to remember. You got to remember. The, where's but the, still, you just look on the. Still, yeah, but still, you know, like you know, it's going to be on the side of your car. Like you're going to pull up and yeah. look and see, am I left or right? Yeah. Okay, you pull up and you know you pull up and the nozzle's on the side and your car's going to line up with it on the side and everything's going to be happy with. It's not the same with electric vehicles. Okay, like well, this what, all what, over. I want it to just pull straight right. in. So what happens in the scenario, you know, I mean, we're starting to get also some charging stations that are set up. They're uh, set up with drive, you know, pull through uh, for yes. charging. So if you're towing a trailer. Yes. Yeah. You know, so it's set up more like a traditional gas station. Well, you can still you pull st- up with a, in the front with a pull through. That's the thing. <laughs> you can still just <laughs> stop gonna, there. And that's not going to negate you from yeah. using that. Especially if it's right in front. So no matter what side you pull up in the pull through, it's if it's in the front, it's okay. still going to go over there. Yeah, it still works. I mean, if they wanted to set them up so they were giant like gas stations, you just pull in and they were all in your gas tank. Because your gas tank is always on the side. So it's always going to work with a side thing, you know. But, yeah, I, I think putting them the in the The thing front. is, yeah, most, most charging is it's, it's something you do while you're doing something else. And so you're yeah. parking as opposed to just pulling through really quickly. If they like start would, making yeah. charging stations that are like gas stations, then like it would work just putting it on the side, just like it does a gas station. If it even it's to the front, it's fine because in the 70s, we had a job. Right. We had a job and a challenge. Was, yes. it was, you pulled the license plate down the license in the truck. Yeah. It was under the license plate. Was middle of the back. Right? Middle of the so back. It worked. It middle worked. of the front it, still yeah. works. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've solved the problem. Done. Okay. Listen to us. There you go. There's middle front. That's how we have it on our Kona, middle and front. Yep, that's the one. I agree with you. Little but oh, a little a little tidbit. If you're if you're renting a car, if you look at the uh, actual gas station, the little gas logo in your car where the the uh, fuel station the, is, there's a little the arrow. Yeah, yeah, where the gauge is, there's a little arrow that tells you which side your your uh, the fueling port is. Um, on EVs, it doesn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was just thinking that as we were talking. I'm like, why don't they have that? They have like a don't, little, they don't have that. I don't know. They, I don't know why. They should have. They should have that little. Charger icon there with an arrow pointing to left arrow. or right or, or, or actually or forward. Maybe maybe more of a, an overhead view icon of the car with an arrow pointing to where the charger is. Yeah. Yeah. So you would know like charger that. here yeah. or charger here, so you could see. Where I think it there's is. one car I got I got in that doesn't have it, but but that was I, I should have remembered. Now I feel bad because there's probably one person who has it. And they're like, hey. They're like, we but did yeah, that. And you didn't give them, us credit. Most of them do not have because I, I always check and I'm always like. Thing that they didn't think to do that. Like it's yeah. such a big, it's such a cool little thing in a gas vehicle. Yeah. Why, when they were designing EVs, like they're on their own. Forget it. They can figure it out. Well, you know, one of the advantages, you know, most almost all of these EVs have digital instrument clusters, so they could easily, you know, update the iconography on the cluster to put a little to put a little arrow. It shouldn't be an arrow. It should be a lightning bolt that blinks. A little yeah. Blink. Link. There you go. Like a little, little like Shazam. Yeah, like a little Shazam, Shazam. Back right corner, Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. front right corner. <laughs> pew, pew. That's I also wanted to say Shazam or pew, pew. That would also work. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's answer uh, a couple of listener, listener questions. Um, Andy C. Uh, in the Discord asked, uh, what does the team think about free charging provided to new EVs? For early adopters, this was a great bonus for early adopters getting an EV. 
However, this has recently caused significant overcrowding at EV chargers and led to bad habits. Example, not moving a vehicle when done charging uh, or charging the battery to 100%. So uh, I, I've thought about this. I think that you get X amount, like we get 250 kilowatt hours of free charging with our Kona, which we've used like 10 so far. Um, but I think I think it has to be a time limit as opposed to like you get this many this much. I think you're like, oh, you get 30 minutes. Like BMW has like you get 30 minutes of free charging when you go to an EA station mm. up to a certain amount. That I think that's going to that that'll help if, when you just have like, oh, you have 250 kilowatts like I have. I could just go and park the car there and charge to 100 percent every time if I'm bored and go to like the IHOP that's nearby at least six times anyway. Yeah, at least six times. But if you if you have a thirty minute time limit, or like okay, it's thirty minutes, and then after that, you're, you're paying. I think the I think the thirty ten minute time limit will help alleviate some of this sort of like people just parking and leaving their cars there <laughs> for yeah. the free charging. Do they not? Do and, they not? It, and that's, there the is an idle. There's idle uh, charge. You get you, like, yeah. you get charged for idle. I was gonna say, do you? I was wondering, does it not give you an idle charge if you have? Yeah, so you it, still pay for the idle charge. Pretty much so, everybody yeah. does that now. Yeah. I was I didn't know the way you were saying. It's like, wait, you're still paying extra if you're sitting there not really charging. Yeah, 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 yeah for the you, idle charge. In most cases, okay. I think you, I think EA is like a 10, 10 minute grace period, and after that they start charging you an idle fee um, yeah. for for sitting there. Um, yeah, and. Uh, to what you said, Robbie, you know, I think the the way that Kia does it on the EV6, for example, you get unlimited 30-minute charging sessions on Electrify America. So yeah. you can charge as many times as you want, but each session is limited to 30 minutes. And after that, it shuts off. And, you know, given that, you know, in most cases, you know, How fast to, that assume, thing charges. Assuming, <laughs> assuming the charger is actually functioning, yeah. uh, you know, which given that it's Electrify America, is you know, <laughs> not necessarily something you want to count on. But assuming it's functioning as intended, you, know, you should be able to get pretty much a full charge in 30 minutes mm-hmm. um, or, or very close to it. And then after that, you, know, you have a few minutes of, of grace period, and then you've got to unplug it and move it. Um, and, uh, and preferably do move it. Don't just unplug it and leave it there. Oh, you know, uh, you're actually, a... You're a- you're the worst person if you do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're just a bad person. EV, EV drivers that park in front of a charger because it's right next to the store that they're going to. Yeah, that's And don't bad actually form. plug in. That's they're bad. That's bad. I've yeah, seen a couple, Tesla, so, you know what couple I, of Teslas you know, do that. I'm like, come on. You know what I was seeing? And I, 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 didn't, I was trying to decide if this would make me mad if I was driving an EV every day. And you drive one, Robbie. So does this make you mad? When people... Um, there were people railing on a thread I was reading on Twitter about those who charge their vehicle to over 80%. They're very, very, very mad that people would sit and like charge to 85 or 90. Cause you know, you got that sweet pot spot 10 to 80. And yeah. then once you hit past 80, if you're trying to get to a hundred, you're going to take a lot longer mm-hmm. and people are really angry. But in my head, I'm like, well, that'd be inconvenient. But like, what if you're trying to go somewhere? Like yeah, what if you the, need the extra the, charge? You know, I, I, I look at it as like, I had a charge that EV six GT that I had to hundred percent. Cause I was doing a drive and it was part, part of it was cause part of it was, was, you know, with, this is where I started. This is where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to charge it up to hundred percent. But when I, when I do that, I make sure that there's other charging ports. And so if, okay. so I, so you I don't go and you don't go and take the last available charging port. And- yeah. Yeah. I always check it. Like usually it's like, you know, six, there's eight chart. There's eight, three fifty charging ports in Nevada, Nevada, not Nevada, Nevada. On the other side of the bridge, um, so I look and I'm like, oh, there's five of them are available. When I went, when I, on my way over there, I'm like, okay, because that's why I want to start my my uh, my drive. Yeah. So when I got there, there were still five of them <laughs> available. Five available. And so, and then by the time I left, there were still three available. 
So I felt I didn't feel like you know it does feel weird like you're charging up to 100. percent But if you're going somewhere, like, I feel like your, if you're going like, on a road trip, road tripping, you want. Well, if you you're road like, tripping, you probably want to just go up to 80 and then get back on the yeah, road. Unless like, but like, I see. I, I, but people were mad. I think the anger surprised me. Like I just it was on Twitter charged. Yeah, it's and it was Twitter person, is mad. Twitter was, is just they mad. They were angry, what? and it wasn't like one guy was angry. and was like, yeah, those eight holes you charge up to 100. percent I'm like, but what if you? What if you're you don't know the, driving? You need. Yeah, you they need don't that understand the situation. For some reason, what if you? There are some people who are just like, I'm. This is how I charge my car all the time, and I'm just going to charge. 100 percent and i'm just gonna sit there i'm gonna put my fifth my, you know my my bolt on the 350 even though there's a 150 next to it like that's when you're like <sighs> yeah yeah people but yeah there's they're they're they're, they're they're and so someone came up and they were talking because one of the chargers was was charging very slowly at the ea yeah. station and they're like well you're charging up to this and i'm like oh yeah i'm like i'm and I, I explained i review cars i'm going on a drive because everyone kind of gets out at some point and just starts talking to, right, to each other right you're talking to random people yeah i'm like oh i'm doing a big drive a big test today with the car and they're like oh okay and it was very much like this guy's going up to 100% i can, i i i could tell that was the conversation i got out and i talked to them and they're like oh okay and then i'm like do you guys want to sit in the car and they're like ooh they get all excited about that it was at the EV6 GT, so they were just like oh right. how fast does it go i'm like too fast it's great very fast <laughs> speed quick yeah. All right. Um, Adam J on Mastodon asked a while ago. I sent a question asking how to submit feedback to a manufacturer, as there, as there wasn't any consistent way to report bugs or request features. Wanted to share that Ford has done something pretty cool in my Mach-E with the latest OTA update. Huh. There's now a voice feedback option where you can record up to 45 seconds of any comment you want. Us owners in the forums have been quite have been coordinating. To send in similar items for common bugs and requests. Ooh, Pretty that's, cool. That's smart. That's, yeah. that's really yeah. If that's you're all having the Ford, same, yeah. and that's great when you guys all when 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 you the whole when the community all lows. Okay, this is something that we all think is an issue. We all hate this. So Let's you can tell all, Ford we all hate this, so they know it's not just one guy in Idaho. It's everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty sweet. Good that's, job. Yeah, no, that's, that's really a good neat. idea. Good job on yeah. good job on Ford. Yeah. Good job on Adam J's. Uh, forum Group. people and, yeah, and, and really considering cool. that you know all of these evs are connected um you know there's no reason why everybody shouldn't be doing this so uh, you know the rest of the industry take note um you know and uh pay attention and, and do this yeah all right finally jb says uh sorry i have nothing on those uh what? nothing on those as i've moved from an oh so this was in response to uh uh the the comment uh, he had asked about uh, what we were driving, you know, to see if he had, see if there were any questions um, oh. that uh, we had, uh, and I, I had put in that I was driving the Pathfinder, and we had the QX60 and Q50. So there's nothing of those that moved on to from the SUV to a wagon. Yeah, but I do like the oh, looks of the new Pathfinder. I do, however, have a sort of odd topic to consider: generalizations made about drivers based upon <laughs> what they drive. I, I know one should never put much faith in such things, but nonetheless, they as they do get shared online. Historically, BMW drivers have been an <laughs> example of an inconsiderate and likely not to use their signals. More recently, I've seen Reddit posts on how Nissan Altima drivers are very dangerous. Really? Uh, that that's huh? Uh, I guess, okay. I mean, a, a lot a lot of. Um, I know a lot of ride hail drivers use Altimas because they've been able to get very good deals. Oh, uh, that's the so maybe maybe that's it. So uh, he's seen a few examples in Southeast Michigan and New Jersey, but again, is this really a thing? Um, discuss amongst yourselves. So I don't know Altima I, drivers. I always the, feel like my thing is Prius drivers who are slow as snails. So I think 
riding a motorcycle or riding a scooter around, um, you 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 start recognizing uh, drivers. And I think the the folks that were the most terrifying for uh, for me were white F one fifty pickup <laughs> trucks driven by contractors because they give zero Fs about what's going on. They're just like, I got to do this job. They're just driving around. Sometimes they're probably not even driving their own truck. They just, they just don't care. They park wherever they want to. And that was surpassed by ride hills, by, by Uber and Lyft drivers because there, a lot of them, especially in the Bay Area, aren't from the Bay Area. They come here because they can make more money. Mm-hmm. And they, so they don't know where they're going. They have someone in the car. They're trying to figure out where that person is. They're not really paying attention. They're looking at the app. They also have another phone. Then they also have their navigation. They have three screens that they're looking at. And half at. the time, they're talking to somebody on, the, on a fourth phone. Yeah, they're yeah. talking to someone on the phone. They're trying to figure out where to pick this person up or drop this person off. And they're just driving all over the place. So those are really the most terrifying people on the road. If it's outside of them, uh, older gentlemen and German in German uh, sedans and young dudes <laughs> in um, tricked-out cars were typically the ones that I had to I, I had to be careful of. Young dudes in tricked-out cars are notoriously, well, they're young dudes. They're young in dudes. Cars. I think that says the whole thing. I did have somebody in a young dude in a BMW chase me once because he. Cause what did you I do to engender Because I passed t- him what? on my Vespa. <laughs> and he just, he just he was just angry so then i so, and he, he, he threw a bottle at me oh and my so God. i chased him and i called the cops on him because I nice because he was a pen at me once we were in pen. heavy traffic yeah it was the weirdest thing <laughs> i we were in heavy traffic it was years ago and you know that heavy traffic and like you've, you've got to merge in like you're getting on the highway somebody you have to merge in front of somebody like you know when it's bumper to bumper traffic and i was you know we're nicely zippering and i merged in front of the guy but then the guy was like honked at me and i'm like well, literally, it was like, you go, I go, you go, I go. It was, and he was like very angry. Like somehow I cut him off. I'm like, dude, we're going one mile an hour. Everyone's just merging. There was it's a I, zipper. Like, like a zipper. I don't even know what he was mad about. And then eventually he gets into the lane next to me and he waits until he can get right next to me and pulls next to me and he's yelling at me and he threw a pen at my car. I was like, because <laughs> I'm looking, I'm like, what did he throw a pen at me? So like, you know how hard it is to find a pen sometimes, especially in your car when you need it? I know. I'm like, dude, you're going to regret throwing that pen at me in your weird, weird like, road rage oh. because I dared zipper in front of you as I got on the highway. I, Let's see, he the box very, of pens always ready. Like, like <laughs> he's ready to whip a pen a at a box, person. A box of big I just feel like he yeah, was so it. mad. I'm like, the only thing you could find in your car was a pen? Like, he's he like just, looking around. He's like, what do I got? What do I got? I'm not getting rid of my coffee. I'll throw this pen at her. Yeah. I got rid of all the grenades I usually throw. (laughs) I guess it could have been worse. It was just such a weird thing. Literally, it must have been like 20 years ago. I'm like, that man just threw a pen at me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For merging. That is is definitely an odd one. (laughs) It was odd. (laughs) Um, In the the Discord, Andy C. uh, responded to this one. He said, the new BMW stereotype drivers in the San Francisco Bay Area are Tesla drivers. Yeah. Are they really? I think it's, it's that's correct. Yeah. No, that Seems, that is. I mean, I know, I know a number of Tesla drivers who who you know don't drive like that, but yeah, when I, I, I've d- definitely seen plenty to do. When I drive a BMW, I make sure I am the nicest person. On, I mean, I'm I'm a really nice person on the road because I I we drive so much. I don't get angry and people cut me off. I just like whatever. I'm just like because yeah. I still have to do my job and I still have to go where I'm going. I mean, it's not worth the emotional baggage of getting angry every time someone does something stupid just because people are all doing something stupid. Um, 
But yeah, yeah, I see, I see the, the Tesla drivers are, and, and I always wonder, and I, I kind of pull up next to them to wonder, I'm like, oh, do they have FSD on? Do they have, is it them yeah, or the see car? why they're being such terrible drivers. <laughs> you or the car? Is it you or is it, a so, is it software? Like who's, 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 who's creating the situation right now? Well, my, my, my friend Henry Payne on, on his Tesla with FSD, he got a student driver sticker and put it on the back there. Did see, he there really? Yeah. After the first couple of days, it was so bad. He, he oh, just put man. a student driver sticker on. The student driver. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not all that inaccurate. Right. It's actually yeah. it's just not the human that's the student. It's the software, yeah. but just yeah. details. Yeah, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but No, there's lots uh, of really great drivers. It's just that you see that one person who says that one thing. It's like when people are like, you know, if you ride bikes, you're like, everyone is trying to kill you. I'm like, well, it's. More terrifying when you're on a bike because one just sort of angry person can actually kill you versus can actually kill you. Yeah. The person like when people who are driving cars are like this one time this bike rider like didn't stop at a stop sign. I'm like yeah, but that didn't like put your life in peril. <laughs> but they <laughs> they base everything upon that one bicycle rider. So it's yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and and another one of the classic stereotypes, of course, is the Miata. You know, which has long been referred to by many as a hairdresser's car. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, there was, there, was, there was a whole yeah, Top Gear it, thing about fast, it, and you're just like, yeah. oh, it was, yeah, it's it's tired, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a lazy kind of homophobic trope is say. what it is, yeah, it's yeah. a lazy homophobic mm-hmm. trope. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just wrong, so, all right, well, uh, that's it for this week, thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye-bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 